Last year, we started this of Discover Your Destiny. And really, how is it that we find what God has for our life? How do we find what it was that God created us to do? And we're calling that destiny. We're not really using the word destiny as maybe uh, some people in the world would use it, or maybe on TV they would use it as some mystical thing that you're looking for uh, in some big adventure. But it's more of using the word destiny as in the purpose for why you were created. The purpose that you're here in Texas uh, in mission tonight, the purpose for why God let you go uh, be born in the family you were born in, going to the school you're going to, and what is it at the end of all of this that God wants you to do in your life? That's what it means to discover your destiny, God's plan for you, and, and really that's where we started. We started with saying we have to believe and understand that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us, and His plan is unique to you. It's unique for you. And the way that you've been created is exactly how God wanted you to be and to do. And um, this past year, I, I was just getting into, for the very first time, into Legos. Uh, I've seen some of you guys like Legos. I don't know how many of you do, but I, I just started getting into it. And uh, it's, so, it, it, it's interesting to me when, you, when you're doing the Legos and you're following the book, you know, and you're kind of building whatever it is you're building. In my case, it was Star Wars planes. And um, I really enjoyed it. It takes like, you know, six or seven hours or whatever it is to get it done. But it's so funny how every little piece matters. Uh, and, and when my, my, my two little boys, uh, Elijah and Jordan, you know, they're, they're five and three and they want to come and help me. I was like, no. <laughs> and my wife's like, you're going to let them help you? No, I'm not letting them help me because uh, I knew if they just lost one little piece, that was it. It was going to, it was going to, I'm not going to be able to finish this, this whole Lego project, you know. After it's done, I'm like, yeah, they can play with it. They can break it. I don't care. I already finished it, you know. And it, it, there's a feeling of accomplishment when you do that. But, um, but I know that while I'm doing it, I didn't want them to lose any little piece because every little piece from the biggest Lego piece to the smallest has a purpose. And if you're going to finish the Lego project, you're going to have to use every piece that's there. And I say that to say... In your life, God created you for a reason. And it really doesn't matter really how, how big you might think you are, how small or insignificant you think you are. God says you're important. You're important. And sometimes the smallest pieces are the most important ones. Because no one ever loses the big pieces. It's those small pieces that really finish off the project and go, this was just a little red light that needs to be there. And without the red light, yet, yeah, it still looks like a plane, but that red light makes it that much better. And listen, God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of you. God has a plan and purpose for me. And finding that purpose brings into our life joy, and we talked about that. Uh, we, we talked about the peace and the satisfaction and really the, the identity that comes with following and finding God's destiny for your life. We talked about early in this series five tools that you need, a life of faith and a life of courage and a pure heart. And we talked about these, these tools in our life that help us to, to uh, find and live out God's purpose for us, God's plan. And then the last lesson that we had before tonight was what steps do we take to do this? Now that we know the tools that we need in our life, now how do we use these tools? 
How, how, how do we make this practical? How do we make this finding our destiny something that we do, not just uh, in the future, five years from now, when I'm married and out of college, but I mean right now as a freshman in high school? How do you live out God's destiny? Well, you follow these steps that the Bible teaches us, and you'll find that destiny. We said first thing, the first step we take is refusing to trust ourselves. If you refuse to trust yourself, that means you're totally depending on God's plan, not my plan. I, I can't say, God, this is what I want to do. You make sure that it comes out the way I want it to come out. And sometimes we live our life that way. We're not asking God, God, do you want me to become this? Do you want me to do this in my life? We kind of just say, oh, I, I want to be this. And, and God, I mean, hey, you got to help me out. But you see, God's will is not like that. You see, God is the master, we're the servant. God is the creator, we're the creatures. We were the ones created, the Bible says, by him and for him. It says all things were created by him and for him. And so the way it works is, God, what do you want me to do? You created me. You gave me the looks I have. You gave me the talents I have. Why did you give them to me? And what do you want me to do with them? Well, the first thing to realize that in our life, to make that a reality of finding God's purpose, is refusing to trust ourselves. Then we started the lesson on uh, this second step, which is seek and surrender to God's will. Now, go to, uh, with me there in Romans chapter 12, and that's what will kick off the lesson tonight. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So God says, I, I want you to find my will. The Apostle Paul here was writing to the Christians in Rome, and he was saying, listen, God wants you to do his will, but how do you do that? Well, the first uh, truth and the first principle that you, you've got to begin to understand is God wants me to live this, this purpose out. God wants me to sacrifice myself, to give myself my life to him so that he can show me what is acceptable and good and holy and true. And it says, and in that process, not being conformed to this world, that means not being molded like the world wants to mold you, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, having a new kind of thinking, a new kind of, see, a new kind of way of seeing life. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, we said, number one, refuse to trust yourself. Now, in this of seeking, step two, seeking and surrendering God's will, the question comes so many times, why do people not want to live God's will? Have you ever thought about that? Why do people resist God's will? If, if, if what I'm saying is true, and if you believe me, that living God's will is awesome, it's peaceful, it's joyful, the best life you'll ever have, why would there be people that don't want to do that? Well, there's a few things that we talked about. We said there in your notes, number one, we think sometimes it's too vague. Well, we can't live God's will because who can really know God's will? I mean, it's not like I can call him up on my cell phone or text him, so how do I really know what God wants? It's just, it's too vague, and people resist doing what God wants because they feel like it's too vague. Sometimes we feel like we resist God's will because it seems to be a threat to our dreams. 
And we say, if I, say if, I, if I surrender to do whatever God wants, he might send me away from where I want to be. He might not let me do what I think I want to do. And so instead of that, let me just not really surrender myself. Let me just kind of see, what is your plan, God? Just fill me in before I decide if I want to. So people resist God's will. Sometimes we resist God's will because we think it's a frustrating quest. We feel like, oh, I got to try to figure out what God's will is, and uh, I don't know if I'm smart enough to do it. How do I know if God's really going to show me? How do I know that I can really find it? And if I found it, how do I know that that's it? So we think it's too frustrating to try to find God's will, so people resist it. And many times we resist it because we really don't understand how good God's plans are. Sometimes people say, well, I know God's got a plan. I know he's, he's pretty good, but I don't know if it's better than my plan. And we just don't know how good that plan is. We feel like we know how good our plan is. We're just not sure how good God's plan is. And sometimes we don't want to follow it because we say, that might be a little bit boring. You know, this, this thing of, you know, following God and, and doing what God's leading me to do. If I, if I serve him full time, for instance, if I, if I become a missionary, I don't know if that's fun enough. I don't know if it's exciting. I don't know if being a Christian school teacher really is worth it at the end. I mean, how, how happy can those people be? We think maybe, maybe it's not going to be as cool or, or as rewarding as being something else or doing something else. And since we don't see God's plan, we, we kind of feel like, I don't know if I want to follow or even find God's destiny for me. Because it might not be as good as I think it is. So we resist it. But then we also have the question when we look for God's will to surrender to it, to seek after it. What is God's will? All right, all right. So let's just say, okay, well, maybe we do want to try to at least find it. What is it then? All right, I'm not saying that I want to resist it. I'm not saying that I want to go against it, but... Pastor, what is it? How, how do you define God's will? How would I know what God's will is? I mean, what is God's will? Well, first of all, when you talk about God's will, you've got to understand, number one, God's will is good. It's something that is good. Okay? In Jeremiah chapter 24, we won't take time to read it tonight, but in Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 5, 6, and 7, God is talking to the people of Israel, and he begins to tell them his plans for them and how he wants to bless them, and, and how he wants to work in them, and how he wants to bring victory into their lives, and they kind of look at it and go like, oh, I don't know. But can I tell you, God's will is exactly the same for you and me today. God is telling you, let me just tell you something, my will is good. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. It's exciting. It's exactly what you were built for. If I can go back to my Lego illustration, has any of you tried to put a Lego where it doesn't belong? Isn't it frustrating? Man, I, I, listen, that, that's happened to, to me a couple times uh, when I've been building these little projects. I, I do this, and, I, and I'm like, oh, and I push on it harder and harder and harder, and I almost break the stinking Lego. And then later I look at the book, and I'm like, oh, I'm putting it in the wrong place. <laughs> no wonder it doesn't fit. You know, so many times that, that's what happens. You say, God's will is good for you because that's exactly what you're built for. That's where you, you put the piece and you go, oh, that's where it goes. Oh, that's perfect. 
I don't know who designed this, but that's perfect. That's exactly where this piece goes. That's what happens when you start living God's will. You go, man, this is perfect. I've shared with you before, I, I, I wanted to be something else when I was in high school. I wanted to be a lawyer, but that wasn't God's will for me. Now, are there Christians that become lawyers? Absolutely. And is that God's will for them? Probably is. But for me, in my case, it wasn't. And right now, at the age of 36, you ask me, can, can you think about doing something else other than what you're doing? And I can tell you, no. Trust me. I've thought many times. You can ask Jason. I'll, I'll go to lunch with him. And so many times I'll be like, you know, maybe I made a mistake in this, of like pastoring and youth pastoring. <laughs> maybe I should go into something else. Maybe I should go into business. I don't know. Maybe I should quit this. This isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. But you know, there's something inside of me that would not allow me to do that. There's something inside of me that God built inside of me that I know, and I can't point at it to you guys. I can't show you this is when I knew. This is when I, there's just something inside me that knows that what I'm doing right now is exactly what God wanted me to do. The exact thing that God created me to do. And it started with me having to understand, hey, God's will is good. God's will, when you begin to live it, you begin to think, this is exactly why I'm, why I'm here on earth. This is exactly why I'm, I was created. This is what I was meant to do. Then, in answering what is God's will, we have to understand God's will is his plan to bless you. By the way, the word blessed means happy. It's God's plan to make you happy. And we live in a world that wants happiness. So I don't think there's anybody not only in this room, I don't think there's anybody in this world that says, oh, I don't want to be happy. <laughs> a life that's happy? <laughs> so boring. No, we do what we do because we're looking for happiness. Some people jump off cliffs and they go, man, it's so happy, it's awesome. They want to do the, you know, whatever you call that, uh, you know, skydiving out of the plane, and then what's the one off the cliff? I forget what it's, bungee jumping and all these other things. Oh, yeah, hey, it's, it's fun, it's exhilarating, it's something exciting. That's why we do it. And any other, you know, state of mind is crazy. People, people are scared of that. It's like, no, I, I wouldn't do that. But why do we do that? We're looking for happiness. Understand this, God's will is his plan to make you happy. Then God's will is his plan to lead you and guide you in life. All right? God's will is to lead you and guide you through what is happening. The good and the bad. That's God's will. And let me just say this here. God's will is his plan to provide for you. To provide for you. As long as we're going down the path that God wants us to go, as long as we're seeking his will and surrendering to his will, God will always provide. That's how God's will is. So what is God's will? It's his plan for you to bless you. What is God's will? It's something good for you. What is God's will? It's God's will to lead you and guide you. It's, it's what's going to lead you and guide you. It's what God is going to use to provide for you in your life. Let me say this. God's will is his plan to give you true success. It's God's plan to give you true success. Everyone not only wants to be happy, everyone wants to be successful. And by the way, they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. You can be successful and not happy. You can be. Our world is full of successful people that are not happy. You know, I, I, I think about 
what's been in the news, you know, in the last six months or so, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, I don't know if you know him, he's the founder of Amazon, he's a billionaire, he's one of the richest men in the world, becomes a billionaire and leaves his wife. Okay, what does that tell you? That with all his money, he didn't have a happy marriage. He didn't. He was successful, but he wasn't happy. He grew Amazon, a business that everybody's heard of, everybody uses, but he wasn't happy. Say, they're not the same thing. But God's will is for your life to have both. Be happy and be successful. That's God's will. God's will, can I say there in your notes, is never painless or problem-free. Now, this is important. God's will is never painless or problem-free. Let me remind you just of two people in the Bible that we read about. Number one was a guy named Joseph. Joseph, at the age of 17, was sold by his brothers into slavery to go down to Egypt. Joseph, uh, in his 20s, was falsely accused of trying to sleep with his boss's wife. She made that up, (coughs) excuse me, lied about it. And he was sent to prison for something he never, never did, for a crime he did not commit. And at the end of Joseph's life, Joseph said, that was God's will for me. He told his brothers, you guys sold me into slavery because you hated me, and you thought this, is, this will teach him, this will get him out of our life. He said, but the whole time God was saying, this is where I want Joseph to be. He said, there was a time when I'm sitting in prison going, I didn't even do that. She's lying. And Potiphar thought, I'm going to teach him. And the whole time, Joseph was saying, but this was what God wanted from me. He said, y'all meant it for bad, but God meant it unto good to save much people alive as it is this day. That's what Joseph said. This is God's plan. But that was painful. The second illustration I would think of is Daniel. Daniel, who had his country invaded, his parents killed, his masculinity taken from him. That's what it means to be a eunuch. They took away his manhood. All in God's will. Not easy. Not easy to say goodbye to your country. Not easy to say goodbye to your parents to never see them again. Not easy. (coughs) But it was God's will. By the way, Daniel did some amazing things in his life in God's will. God's will doesn't mean, oh, I'm never going to go through anything difficult. Yeah, you will. Oh, I'm never going to experience any kind of pain in my life. Yeah, you will. But that doesn't mean that because pain comes into our life, that's not God's will. Sometimes in that very pain, God is doing something greater than even you and I could, could really understand. Can I say this? God's will is never effortless or easy. It's never effortless or easy. God's will requires you and I to make a decision. It requires you and I to take action. It doesn't just happen. Kind of like learning to play an instrument. You don't just pick up a guitar and then suddenly you just know because you picked up a guitar how to play. It takes effort. It takes time training your fingers and strumming and all of this just to learn to play an instrument. God's will is the same. It's never effortless or easy. 
Let me say this. God's will is the only path to a full and abundant joy in life. It's the only path. Underline that after you write it there in your notes. It's the only path. It's not one of the ways that you can have an abundant life. It's the only path. It's important. Let me say this. God's will brings purpose to every trial in your life. And every trial and every difficulty, God's will has got a purpose in allowing that to come into your life. God's will brings provision to every need in your life. Every need. Some of you will be graduating and the need that you'll have after you graduate is money for college. God's will brings and provides for that need. Some of you need direction here in high school. Some, some of you need maybe a friend. Some of you maybe uh, need uh, um, uh, help academically. God always re- uh, provides what you need, always, when you're in his will. Because that's what his will brings into your life. And let me say this, God's will is the only path to a life with no regrets. A life with no regrets. And let me just say, there's nothing better in life than being able to look back at something and say, I have no regrets about it. No regrets. The only path to live a life with no regrets is following God's will. Now let's answer this next question because I think it's important. This is new material. The question is, how does God then reveal His will? If His will does all of that, how does God reveal His will? Well, I want you to notice, first of all, this truth, and it's this. God always reveals His will, and you have to believe that. God always reveals His will. There's never been a time where God said, I'm not going to tell them what I want for them. There's not a person in life, listen, even the homeless person could have found God's will in his life if he wanted. You don't end up on a sidewalk with no home and nothing else to your name because you were following God's will. But you can end up there when you resist God's will. When you want nothing to do with God, then you can find yourself in that situation. But it's not because God wasn't willing or that God did not reveal his will. It's because people resist his will. So we have to believe God always reveals his will. But here's, here's what you need to know about this. And this is important. There in your notes. God reveals his will in bite-sized pieces. Bite-sized pieces. I love reading stories of the heroes in the Bible. I love reading the story of Moses and uh, David. David's my favorite Bible character. I love reading the story of Elijah and, and Elisha and, and reading the story of uh, Peter and Paul. But did you know that they had no idea what was going to happen in their life when it was happening? God never told Joseph, I'm going to make you leader in Egypt. Never told him. Not one time. When he, was, when he was sold by his brothers into slavery, God never told him. When he was in prison for a crime he didn't commit, God never told him. 
God never told him. When Moses was floating down the river there before Pharaoh's daughter found him, nobody told his mom Pharaoh's daughter is going to find him. Nobody told him. God never told her that. Never. David didn't know. God never told David, I should say, you're going to kill this giant. He never told him. David believed they would. But you know what David was believing when he went and said, today, the fowl of the air is going to feed on your carcass. Today, we're going to take that head off from your body, and God is going to give me the victory. You know what he based that on? God's promise. God never told David, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to help you defeat Goliath. He just knew that God was the God of Israel, the one true God. He knew that Goliath was saying things against that one true God, and he knows that God will always, always bring victory. You say, why are you sharing that? Because let me just say something. You're like halfway, not even halfway through your story. You're not. If I live to be 72 years old, I'm halfway through my story. And I have no idea how it's going to end. I don't even know if I'm going to make it to 72. I may be more than halfway through my story. I don't know where you're at in your story. But understand this. God's not going to tell you in one whole, you know, in one night what the rest of your life is going to look like. God's will doesn't work that way. You say... Our, our kind of thinking sometimes, and this is my kind of thinking, I'm sure it's kind of yours, you say, well, what is it that you want me to do so then I can decide if I want to do it? But God doesn't work that way. It's just bite sizes, just, just, just enough to know this is what you're going to do tomorrow. This is what you need to do today. That's how God works. So as you're looking and seeking for God's will, for, for the destiny that God created you to fulfill... As you're surrendering to God's will, just understand, I'm not going to know the whole picture. I'm not. God's not going to reveal that to you, just like he didn't reveal it to anybody in the Bible. You just got to kind of go through it, work through it day by day. It's just that bite-sized piece. And then let me just say, God reveals his will by faith. Faith is believing what God has said. That's all faith means. You hear the word faith, just... Know in your mind, that means believing. Believing what God said. So God reveals his will in bite-sized pieces, and he's saying, now believe me when I tell you this. So do this. Okay? That's it. Doesn't have the whole plan. He just says, here's what I want you to do. Now believe me, this is what you need to do. Yeah, but what am I going to do this for, God? Where, where am I going to end up if I go down that road? Believe me, that's what I want you to do. Bite-sized pieces, not the whole picture, but just enough. And it requires us to go by faith. Now, this last truth is so important. God only leads those with willing hearts. God only leads those with willing hearts. If you don't want to do God's will, you don't have to. I'll say that again. If you don't want to do God's will, you don't have to. God doesn't make anybody do anything. 
You want to live out God's will in your life, you have to choose to. God ain't going to twist your hand, and God ain't going to make you. But you can, if you want. You see, God only leads those that have a willing heart to follow after Him. He wants you to, but you have to want to. Let me just say this. God promises to lead you into His will. In fact, in Psalm chapter 32, in verse number 8, I'll read it for you. Psalm 32, verse 8, he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. And we don't have time tonight, but I was going to try, try this real quick. I was just going to try to maybe blindfold somebody, spin them around five times and say, now go sit down where you were sitting. Now, if I did that, Everybody knows you're not going to find your seat. You're going to start feeling around and trying to figure out, okay, who, who, where am I at? Who am I? Who, who was I next to? And, and you're, 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 you're going to take forever if you even find it. But if I did that very same thing, and then I said, and I got your best friend, I said, grab his shoulders, and I say, now get back to your seat. And that person that you have their shoulder leads you back to your seat, you'll get there, no problem. That's what God says. I will instruct thee, I will teach thee, and I will lead thee with mine eye. In other words, God says, I'll lead you. You you go blind, you go by faith, I'm going to give you bite size of what you need to do. You believe me, and I'll guide you with my eyes. And I promise you, I'm not going to take you to the wrong chair. I know where your chair's at. You see, God always promises to lead you into his will. Now, here's the condition of that. God's condition is that you must be leadable. Leadable. You say, Pastor, how do I know if I'm leadable? Real simple. How well do you obey your parents? How well do you listen? Oh, it's because they don't know. They don't know my life. You're not leadable. How willing are you allowing others to speak into your life? Like your youth pastor. Like your Sunday school teacher. Like a youth sponsor. You say, yeah, I don't need their advice. I don't need, they, they don't know. Okay. But you're not leadable. God says, I can lead you. You'll be happy. This is what I made you to do. This is what I created you for. But the condition is, are you going to be willing to be leadable? And then there in your notes, lastly tonight, if you are leadable, God promises that he'll guide you. If you're leadable, God promises that he will guide you. This evening, young people, the challenge is pretty simple. When it comes to seeking and surrendering, that's the step we're talking about, seeking and surrendering to God's will, it comes down to this. Will you be leadable? Are you going to allow God tonight to guide you? Now, next week, we're going to talk about practical steps. What, is, you know, what can I do on Thursday morning to actually start living this out? We'll talk about that next week. But for tonight, my question to you is, are you leadable? 
Like, like who are you following? Who speaks into your life? So interesting because we have a lot of people that speak into our lives. A lot of people. Some people that should and some people that shouldn't. Sometimes we, we turn on to social media and we start following people we probably shouldn't follow. Sometimes we turn on music to listen to people we shouldn't be listening to. To ideas that really don't lead us into God's will but away from God's will. I'm just, I'm just wanting to encourage you tonight. Surrender to God's will. Be willing to say, God, I'll be leadable. I want to be leadable. God, help me to be leadable. To have a good attitude, God, just help me. You know, I struggle with this, but God, I understand. You have one, a plan for me that's good, a plan that I'm not going to know all the plan about it, but I do want to, I will want to follow you by faith. Help me to do that. Young people, you can make that decision tonight. Listen, what we talk about next week will be a piece of cake for you. It won't even be hard. It won't even be like, oh, that's homework. It ain't even homework. It's just fun. But you got to make that decision tonight.